Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Force will be with you. Always. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars Alliance. But of course, if you're here live with us on YouTube, you're going to see a very different background. Um, we'll get to that later. Of course, I'm your host, Clay, and with me, like always, is Katie, that almost got a glimpse of a little too much of uh, my family uh, earlier, just a few minutes ago. Um, but we don't and need you to And you laughed at what I said, but we're not going to repeat <laughs> what I said. <laughs> oh, man. It would be really funny. It, 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 it makes sense. You have sisters. It totally makes sense. Um, and people could probably connect the dots there. Um, so, <laughs> Katie, how, how has your day been? Really crappy. I spent 45 minutes on the phone with my insurance company to only find out the oh, hospital still committed. Having, yeah. Still having that issue. That sucks. Absolutely I hit, sucks. I was like, I, 
I told the guy and Matt was in here because he was trying to keep me calm. And I was like, I'm seriously trying not to cry on the phone at this point. And the guy's like, well, there's just nothing I can do. You're going to have to talk to the hospital. And the hospital's already told me, no, the insurance company needs to tell us that we can submit this. And I'm just like, please, can somebody get their ever loving shit together so that I don't have to pay this motherfucking bill? So, <laughs> and then they finally, the insurance company finally found it. And the guy, the guy on the phone was really nice. Don't get me wrong. He was super nice. And he was like, oh yeah, I found it. So now we can call Prisma and do all these things. And the billing department for Prisma is closed till the end of the year. Yikes. That sucks. Absolutely. It's just my luck. It's just my luck. <laughs> well, hopefully we will talk uh, in better light of things with uh, Percy Jackson. That's what we're going to have as our opening crawl today. Uh, we are bringing that back to talk about a series that uh, Katie enjoys very much. A, a series that I was introduced to. Uh, just this past uh, week or month or whatever you want to call it. Um, something that I am really interested in. Um, it's going to be a very interesting review uh, for these first two episodes, I'll tell you that. Um, and then, of course, we will get into all the nitty-gritty Star Wars stuff. Now, the difference is, if you're listening to this in the podcast form, you're not going to hear any of the Star Wars stuff because this is, of course, the Percy Jackson and the Olympians review, which is going to be on the GUA feed. But uh, I'm going to be pretty lazy with the Star Wars Alliance and probably just post the entire episode how it is. Um, <laughs> probably well, I'll, 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 I'll cut out the 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 Percy Jackson review, of course, but... Uh, but everything before and then after it, of course. Um, so a dual intro, if you will. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so. What's our ahead. main topic? So you don't have to edit it in later. Our main topic for Star Wars Alliance is. Oh, yes. Master and Apprentice is going to be our main conversation piece. Um, Katie just reread it today. Um, I don't know how. It's been a long week. <laughs> um but uh i have gotten i think two and a half reads on that book um i have some interesting things to to kind of point out because the entire reason why we even wanted to talk about it is of course uh it being one of the canon books you know stuff that you were wanting to uh introduce to me with you know not just high republic stuff but also the Oh, so slight mention of the nameless, which is, of course, a very big prominent deal in the High Republic. So we will talk about that later tonight. Hey, if you're on YouTube, I'm sorry I keep yawning, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> some news. Um, so the first thing we have up in our Star Wars Alliance chat, um, I want to go ahead and say congratulations to, uh, Young Jedi Adventures for uh, winning uh, children's and family uh, Emmy winners. Emmys. Yeah. Uh, for uh, outstanding editing. And I agree, the editing is amazing with sound, everything. Absolutely perfect. Um, still need to finish the season, 
but congratulations on Young Jedi Adventures for that. Um, you posted uh, this in the chat that the Acolyte has had reshoots this month. Yes. This there was, was nothing particularly special in it. Um, it was from Bespin Bulletin. I don't want to yeah. get too much into like the scenes and stuff because they did have some scene details. Um, but they did have some reshoots. So uh, I still think that could put it on track for May. But everybody's thinking it's going to be August um, when Acolyte premieres. So You nearly gave me a heart attack. Uh, what was it yesterday? Uh, yes, Andor you... got postponed to season to 2025. This was in a press release from Disney Plus, and Star Wars News Net Twitter post tweet says the Bad Batch season three and Tales of the Jedi season two confirmed for 2024, Hama, but then they capitalized along, so it makes you think it's a new sentence, and it's so they said comma along with the acolyte and skeleton crew and then a semicolon and or season two moves into 2025 this is a horrible tweet people this is a horrible it, tweet it, it it confused the fuck out of me so when i read it i read it as along with acolyte and skeleton crew and or season two moves into 2025 and i'm like are you freaking kidding me I'm not going to get any live action Star Wars until 2025 and it's all going to be animation for 2024. That's what I thought it said. And then Travis was the one that was like, no, 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 Clay, Clay. back it up, reread it. It says that Acolyte and Skeleton Crew are confirmed with Bad Batch and Tales of the Jedi in 2024. I was like, okay, thank God. Yes. That I, I was you nearly gave me a heart attack there. It does look like Andor is back filming right now. Um, the woman who plays uh, Sybil's, what, whatever his name is, the Imperial enemy guy who um, like is the inspector guy, his mom took pictures on Instagram and posted those. And so it looks like they're back filming for Andor season two. Um, so hopefully we'll see some uh, production wrap-up things on there soon. Uh, the other bit of news that we had, uh, second to last, is Knight Errant, Wraith Squadron, and Order 66 are the next Legends, at a, uh, Legends additions to the Essential Legends collection. So those will be out February 6th, uh, 2024. I'm super excited for the Wraith Squadron one. Um, but I know we'll be talking a lot about John Jackson Miller stuff in February. Um, and so Knight Errant was one of those books. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, last thing um, from Empire Magazine. Uh, Dave Filoni teased Thrawn's future in Star Wars saying his foil throughout Rebels was Hera. He tells it, he tells Empire this being, of course, Filoni. Uh, pitting the two generals against one another is something that I find interesting. So it looks like Hera is probably going to have a little bit more of a staple uh, role in Season 2, um, which is going to be very interesting because of where we left off with our main characters in a completely different galaxy. Yes. So, so do you think we'll get them in Mandalorian Season 4? Ooh. I know we'll get Thrawn, but how much 
Ezra and Hera will we get in Mandalorian? I wouldn't mind a little bit of Dinjar and Ezra team up. I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, he could teach Grogu some new tricks. Well, I I <laughs> I, I think Ezra is gonna like because even out in a different galaxy with his life on the line and everything else, he was still like kind of cracking jokes and, and being a little silly. He yeah. was a little bit more of the stoic individual, but I think now that he's kind of home he's gonna get back to where he was where he, i hope so where he might be a little bit more silly he might you know of course he's grown up and i think that he will you know be an adult when he needs to be an adult and be serious when he needs to but i hope that he can relax a little bit now being at home um and i think that would be really cool if if he was able to be his normal self around individuals like grogu and dinjarin for sure that is really all the bits of news that we have so is it time to talk about master and apprentice i believe so i think we're gonna jump right into this um master and apprentice let me go ahead and i know you probably already have the uh wiki up um i do i do but this was written by Claudia Gray, right? right? Yes, written by Claudia Gray. I want to ask, when was this published? Um, this was published April 16th, 2019. Really? Yeah. I thought this book was a lot older. No. That's I want to say this is the wild. last book that this is the last book Claudia wrote before diving into the High Republic stuff. That's crazy. Oh no, okay. She had Star Wars Leia Princess of Alderaan. Okay, so well, I'm gonna go that was ahead. A manga. Never mind. She I'm gonna go ahead it. and say this one thing first beforehand. Uh this book is very awkward with the existence of Kristen White's Padawan. Those two books existing together in canon don't make the other like it would be okay with one existing and one not existing but now that they both exist they it don't make no sense. Um, why do you think that? Because I disagree, but I want to hear why you think that. So in Kanadic timeline, Padawan is first. Padawan is this conversation piece between Obi-Wan and I guess non-communicative conversation. Between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon being that these two do not work well together, right? Uh, And there's like this... uh, And there's this like weird like Obi-Wan is like, oh, he doesn't like me. He doesn't want me as a Padawan anymore. I'm going to go do my own thing. And that's when he leaves 
Coruscant and gets himself stuck on the planet and, you know, goes throughout the adventure and whatnot. And then ultimately at the end, he's like, okay, he really did want to come with me on this mission and he does like me. And you get the same exact end result as you get in Master and Apprentice. Like, they both start the same and in the same in the sense of the relationship between Master and Apprentice, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, so I remember saying that in Padawan, yes, that it kind of felt like we were saying the same. However, kind of looking at it now, I feel like Padawan is more about Obi-Wan believing in himself to be a Jedi. And then Master and Apprentice is mainly about Qui-Gon coming into himself yes. and finding himself. But it's also about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's relationship and them learning how to trust each other fully. I do agree with you, but I still stand on it feels very much the same as far as the sentiment between the two. Uh, yes, completely. So that's um, why it makes it a little awkward, um, especially when like it almost feels like a little check mark is being like hit with these two books. It's like, okay, Master and Prentice need to have a confrontation to make them feel like they are uh, not fit for each other. You need to have one High Republic tease and then uh, finish the conflict within your book. And that's what all all three of those checks are hit with these books. Yes. Um, My main qualm with Master and Apprentice is the fact that it feels very similar to The Phantom Menace. Minus the relationship and minus the prophecy stuff. You have an underage queen. You have, uh, like, you have a planet that is, like, is desperate for a treaty to kind of interact better with the world. You have a corrupt business environment who is manipulating the planet to try and get what it wants. Separatist. Like, okay. the, like the prophecy and, like, what is his name? Avros, I think. Oh my god, Obi-Wan goes into the freaking ship and shoots it with... Oh my god. It's literally so similar to Phantom Menace. (laughs) And like, if you read Claudia Gray's stuff, it's like, Claudia is so freaking talented, but then yet, we take this where this is eight like pretty much eight years before the Phantom Menace. This is this takes place in 40 BBY. And mm-hmm. we literally have an epilogue in the Phantom Menace. And it just feels like we going back and forth between like negotiations. So, so I, I will say this, jumping a little bit ahead, the epilogue, um, where it jumps into the future at Qui-Gon's funeral. Yes. I don't like it. You didn't like it? No. Like, I like, cause you, you end on, and again, this may just be my whole thing and, and listeners, you know me, I always want the happy ending <laughs> for the, for the Star Wars universe, but like you win on such a good note between the two. It's like, you could have left some room there for another adventure for Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn, because she, like, they even mention it. They do have room. They do have room. They even mention it in 
in that epilogue, Obi-Wan is like, oh, I don't remember any time before that one mission all those years ago. It's it's every mission after. It's like, I want those missions. I don't want to hear about Qui-Gon Jinn's funeral just yet. Like, like you're jumping ahead a little bit, you know? I still think they're waiting to one day give us the Obi-Wan Satine adventure. I, 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 I would be okay with that. I would pay good money for that. Bill Ray, Random House Worlds, <laughs> whatever your name is. But with wink, wink. with this book, I I dug the prophecy stuff. Um, only because not just because of the nameless stuff, but because it cemented who Qui-Gon will be and how important he is to the eventual Skywalker saga that we all know and love um, because of these prophecies. Uh, and I do have a list here. There are a total of six prophecies in this book. So I want your opinion on what these prophecies mean. So, the first prophecy says, she who will be born in darkness will give birth to darkness. Now, there's an expl- there, there is a throwaway explanation of who this might be in the actual book. Um, Obi-Wan explains it to Qui-Gon Jinn, and he's like, oh, well, that's clearly this person because of what happened at this one time or whatever. Is there any person that you might think it is? Um, no, I'm terrible with these prophecy stuff. Well, I, I, I looked it up in these websites and stuff. So this website is saying we have run into a, uh, have we run into this prophecy already? Could this be Leia born to Darth Vader and then given birth to Kylo Ren? Maybe. So. Could be a possibility yeah. there. Prophecy two. When the Kyber is not Kyber, shines forth, the time of prophecy will be at hand. This is clearly in the book. That's one of the very yeah. key plot points is uh, there's two jewel thieves, which I absolutely love them in this book. Um, uh, 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 it's Pax and... Uh, oh, I'm, I know her name. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Just remember Pax because I just love him as a character. Um, did it, it, it start to start with a D? It with an R. Rahara, 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 and Pax. Yes. So, uh, they're the jewel thieves, but they thought that they came upon this refinery of uh, Kyber, and it wasn't Kyber, it was a different type of crystal. Uh, and it plays a huge part into this book. Um, but there is a prophecy here. And even I, I love the relationship between because we do get this these moments in the book also that were like years prior with Dooku uh, as Qui-Gon Jinn's master. And then looking at the book of prophecies or the holocron of prophecies and 
we get these small moments where Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan are talking about these prophecies. So I like the parallel there and how Qui-Gon Jinn is always in the center of it. I do like that. Um, prophecy three. When the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. This one was a little weird to me. Um, the website has the explanation of this prophecy gets more and uh, gets me more the most. Even in the chosen one prophecy, it feels like something that could have have a lot of weight behind it. Does this refer to look Luke, Ben, someone else? This is a prophecy I would want to dive further into. Repeat the prophecy again. When the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. So, in, I feel like that's talking about the Jedi. It could be the Jedi. It could be Luke, considering the fact that you know we are reading the Jedi Academy, where they did, you know, reference the fact that at one point Luke did fall into the dark side, uh, being the right hand of a resurrected emperor. We have Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. You know, he was, I guess, righteous to some aspect, uh, being good and then turning evil. Um, so it, it could be a lot of different things, but I do like the Jedi as a whole. I, yeah, I do because like I feel like if the Jedi hadn't fallen and were like, more apt to discover who the Sith were and kind of handle it a little more appropriately. I feel like the evil wouldn't have risen and Luke wouldn't have had his problem um, with Ben. So I think the catalyst ultimately is for the the darkness will rise, I think is what you said. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's 100% the Jedi Order of yeah. the Republic. Prophecy number four. One will ascend to the highest of the Jedi, despite the foreboding of those who would serve with him. Now, uh, uh, Anakin, Mace Windu, foreboding. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Th uh, this website does say, oh, that sounds like a lot like Anakin. In the book, Master and Apprentice, um, the other uh, Jedi that we follow in this story um rail avaros rail he was rail. and I, this is a correction from last week where i said he was qui-gon's first apprentice he was dooku's first apprentice yeah. before dooku took on qui-gon yeah rail avaros i do like him as a character um he kind of like reminds me of oh what's his name Season four of Clone Wars. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, that that is racist to clones. Um, I don't understand. Oh. It's Tarkasan Umbara. Yeah, he he holds the two uh, double bladed lightsabers. Yes, I literally I got the episode title right. Jedi <laughs> Ponkrell. Ponkrell, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he reminds me of Thanks, Travis. <laughs> Travis is in the chat. He got it too. <laughs> I don't know why, but it it he just reminds me of of Ponkrell. 
and I was like, oh, that would be so cool. Um, so, uh, especially with the fact that he doesn't follow Dooku, Dooku invites him along, like if he wants to leave the Jedi Order, and Rail's like, I'm gonna go back to Coruscant. I think I'm gonna go back to Coruscant, which I do love because of the because of a conversation that him and Qui Gon have in the middle of this book. There's a moment where they're talking a little bit about what's going on, plus the prophecies and everything else, Rail tells Qui-Gon, he's like, hey, did you ever think about what this prophecy means? And talking about the Chosen One, says, if this prophecy comes to pass, that means the dark is going to be just as powerful as the light. So it doesn't matter which side we choose. And I think that's a little bit of a tease of him knowing what Dooku is doing and the path that he's about to walk on and him trying to decide whether he wants to follow Dooku or follow the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that in this book, specifically with Rail, you, you're supposed to look at Rail as a renegade, as a rogue, as somebody who doesn't care about the rules. And then by the end of the book, he's like, no, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon was right. Like, we choose the light for a reason. And I I love that kind of turn for the character. Yes. Um, Travis brings a quote from the book. He said, we That's don't the choose the light quote. because we want to win. We choose it because it is the light. Yeah, I completely agree. Probably one of my favorite things from the book. Um even though this is lower on my Claudio Gray list, like she has some very good quotes that come mm-hmm. out of here. Um, yeah. She is a fantastic writer, no matter how many issues I have with this one. <laughs> but, I, and I feel so bad having issues because I remember, I remember, I think this was like one of the first times I interacted with Snell and Taylor was um, during their review of Master and Apprentice. And Snell loves this book, like with a passion. Um, but yeah, I, for me, I'm just like, so Travis does bring up, uh, you know, of the three Padawan focus prequels, you have Padawan, you have master and apprentice, and then you have brotherhood. He says, I like brotherhood more, but this is a good one. Out of the three, Katie and I had issues with Padawan. Um, I definitely feel like this book and that book are a little bit redundant, but Katie explained some things. So I was like, okay, they can exist within the same realm, whatever. Um, I really do enjoy this book. Um, You know, Katie kind of opened my mind's eye with this just being Phantom Menace eight years prior. Um, (laughs) But I mean, am I wrong though? Am I wrong? It's, when you look at it, it's definitely it's definitely Phantom Menace, which I think is hilarious. And like even even uh, the the hunt is just the pod race. That's all it is. It's yep. the pod race. That's yep. hilarious. Absolutely insane. Um, but the the fifth prophecy. I want to go back to these because uh, this is a one of our biggest moments. Uh, talking about you know this book and you know, the High Republic and the connections and everything. Prophecy number five. Only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the nameless. 
the danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. When the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. A chosen one shall come born of no father, and through him will ultimate balance of the force be restored. So, I thought that the chosen one prophecy was an entirely different thing from the nameless prophecy but it's one very long prophecy that can really be cut into different parts here so first part the jedi uh many uh, the sacrifice of many jedi will the order cleanse the sin done to the nameless not by the nameless to the nameless that's very odd for me um and then the danger of of this you could think of this in like two ways like you could go okay there's a sin done to the nameless that we haven't seen done before or you can say this was marta sunshine dobbs and them all just pulling the nameless from planet from the planet and that was the sin done but the Jedi are ultimately held responsible as the caretakers, the main caretakers of the Force. The force and the, and the ones involved. Ooh, okay, okay. I like the I like the explanation. I like it. Um, the danger of the past is not past, but it sleeps in an egg. That egg being, of course, the creatures of the nameless. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the gap the galaxy entire we have been seeing that here in the high republic yeah when the force itself sickens past and future must split and combine this was an interesting line of course when the force sickens when we are seeing the individuals get consumed by the nameless it makes them sick it makes them ill it makes them crazy it does a whole lot of different things They are consuming the force. Like the force is no longer existing within beings when the nameless feed on them. Past and future must split and combine. What do you think that means? I think, and a lot of people were talking about how this prophecy mainly applies um, when it was announced that phase two was going to go back in time. Um, that was like, oh, so past and future must split and then combine, um, is that was talking about, okay, so we're going to see a lot of characters from phase two come into phase three and kind of unite to help free the force and kind of help the nameless get back to where they were. I don't know if that's the case anymore, because I feel like with what we got in phase two, it's very different from what we were expecting with this prophecy, I feel like. It is. Um, I'm going to go ahead, for those who haven't beaten Jedi Survivor, I'm going to name a little bit of spoilers here or talk a little bit of spoilers, so skip ahead just a little bit. All right, y'all. We are going to hit our first ad break, and we will be right back in three, two, one. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In Jedi Survivor, the new PS5 uh, game, um... The uh, the High Republic mention is almost literal visions of the High Republic path. Um, there is a uh, hyperspace corridor that opens up to a planet that literally is un- in an inhabitant, but non-inhabitant planet. Um, and so it like kind of opens up some doors for some stuff in the future. But I, I'm pretty sure I said this, but if I'm not, I'll go ahead and say it now. What if the Nameless become a problem for Rey and the new Jedi Council? Um, And so the line, past and future, must split and combine. Ray is learning a lot as one of the last Jedi about the past, about being a Jedi, bringing up the council again, um, or a possible council. And she learns of the nameless. Like, it could be a possibility, couldn't, I could be throwing something, a curveball for sure, but maybe? I. I, I don't think that's possible um, because I feel like A, Claudia Gray didn't know where Ray was going to end up after The Rise of Skywalker because this came out the same year as The Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker was December 2019. This was April 2019. Um, so I think that's a tough ask mm-hmm. if that's mega future planning plus knowing probably at the time Lucasfilm was like oh yeah we're gonna be using Ray, Poe and Finn and like going off in our own direction I think this is purely like this is setting up for the publishing environment because I think the way you have to think about this is the chosen one line comes after this mm-hmm. line so it's like a two like it's following in step. Okay. It's not jumping ahead because I think to say like, Oh yeah, we're going to plug this. I, if it really was meant to be, Oh, Ray and her future Jedi order is going to discover it. We will never see that. Never ever. Okay. Okay. Now 
like just like for me, I I always think of like like the craziest theories. Like I know. when I when I first read the book, when I heard or when I yeah, because I was listening to this on Audible when I heard past and future must split and combine. I was thinking of freaking uh uh what is it called the the uh the space between worlds or whatever it is uh world between worlds yeah the world between worlds like i thought about that and i was like oh they're gonna bring it like it's gonna be i was thinking all sorts of stuff so (laughs) it's just what my brain does um and then of course the chosen one shall come born of no father and through him will ultimate balance in the forest be restored of course being anakin skywalker creating luke skywalker and then of course we get ray skywalker the skywalker family is that that gets that balance when i read past and future must split and combine my first thought was ray and kylo splitting luke's saber only for ray to repair it likely not the case though interesting thought what do you think Uh, yeah i could see it um especially with like the fact that we had gotten the last jedi though yeah she would have probably been writing it after the last jedi had come out so i could totally see it plus she was involved um in the last jedi planning with uh leia princess of alderaan so could totally be feasible that that was meant for it and i mean if that's the case then we've seen it i just don't know what that has to do with the nameless or the chosen one because again as everyone always likes to tell me the chosen one is anakin skywalker it is not the skywalker name i think if you're going towards the chosen one then i feel like the chosen one being the skywalker name and that balance that's achieved at the end of the nine movies i feel like that's like the balance ultimately yeah versus anakin's balance in the end stage of things so i can see that with my interpretation of chosen one but i was going off of like everybody else's i like that yeah i i ultimately think it is the skywalker name it's just it makes the most sense especially because you could consider them combining to be the dyad in the force yeah very true very very true uh and then there's the sixth prophecy he who learns to conquer death will through his greatest student live again um, this, of course, being Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, Travis also mentioned this in the chat. He says, he who learns, of course, he gives the uh, the uh, prophecy, and he says, th- this ties back to an early draft of Episode One, where Qui-Gon is called Obi-Wan, his apprentice taking his name in his death. Fun fact, That's I interesting. Know. I didn't know that either. Uh, Travis also brings something up right here. He says... Uh, the nameless could be the kid from the end of the last Jedi. The idea that prior to the Jedi dying, that kid would likely have been taken at birth. So a lot of theories, a lot of things that can be connected. I mean, we're all fans, you know, we're going to wear our tinfoil hats and and say wild things. Um, But um, the explanation that this website has for the sixth prophecy says, this looks like one that could be directed related directly related to Qui-Gon. It would be very interesting if while Qui-Gon was studying the prophecies, this one was about him, or did the prophecy only become about him because he read it and learned that there is another type of life after death? 
you know, the big point of this book was both Dooku and Qui-Gon at some point in their lives started to look at these prophecies as words of fiction. And they're just like, oh, these are metaphors. These aren't to be taken literally, you know. Um, eventually, which I thought was really weird, Qui-Gon gets a vision from the Force. And apparently, this rarely, if not ever, happens. So, uh, yes, uh, Sifo-Dyas and Dooku Jedi Lost had the visions more frequently, um, and was even, like, he worked with a master who was, uh, gifted in the prophecy, like, division, but that's why Sifo-Dyas ultimately ends up dead, is because of the council rejecting the vision aspect, mm -hmm. um, and I mean, even if you look at like the Yoda comic, for instance, um, I think it's Jody Hauser's iteration, uh, her three issues, um, dives into like a Wookiee that gets a vision of um, the mortal enemy of the oh, Wookiees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I remember those. It was like two issues or three issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, three issues. Of him attacking, yeah, it, uh, him in his sleep or something. Yeah, I remember. So that. it's commonplace, but it's like you have to learn how to interpret it, which Dooku was working with Qui Gon in order to do. So it's like, yeah. Uh, Travis says from Clone Wars, we get the implication that life after death uh, was unheard of, and Qui Gon communing with Yoda was shocking to the Jedi. We also see him communing with Yoda in Clone Wars, uh, which was very, very cool. Um, I, I, I dig this just because, uh, again, like when it comes to Qui Gon, just this random Jedi in Phantom Menace one day, and he becomes one of the most important parts of Star Wars history. Um, so I, I. I dig this. I really love him as a character. Um, and I love the idea of him. And we've talked about this before him being a little bit of the rebel. And when they do ask him to be on the council, like the council does take that into consideration. And they're like, you will bring and <laughs> Qui-Gon's like, diplomacy they're like no, no 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 balance you know <laughs> you will disagree with us and that's okay um but also hearing that yoda was not for qui-gon yeah being on the council was very interesting uh how did you take that and and, and feel about that um i definitely think that's just yoda wanting the council to stay in his ways I do, I'm always dying for, like, a Yoda biography. Like, just to kind of get, chronicle his life story. Because, man, the man is 900 years old. He dies 900 at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like, what has the man seen? We have seen him at, like, 600, at 750, or, like, the math's off on that. But you get my point. Like, yeah, he, like we've seen him in, like, his like the height of the Jedi's power. So what about like him growing up? What causes him to change? And I imagine we'll get 
some more of that in the Acolyte, honestly. So. Uh, uh, Travis is still talking in the chat. He says, when George said Jar Jar is the key, I saw it that Qui-Gon's optimism in taking a chance on him is what grants them victory. Coming full circle when Luke takes a chance on the Ewoks. Yes. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, But uh, I know we haven't talked very great detail of this book. We always want you guys to read it for yourselves, have a great time with it. Um, I, you know, there was just a lot to, to talk about with these prophecies, and I think they're very, very fun. They're fun to think about, you know, in the and consideration that some of these haven't come to pass yet is, I think, something that's very fun, too. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, like when you take a look at it, like besides Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's relationship kind of building to where they finally fully trust each other, the prophecies are the best part of this because like even you get like the false Kyber or whatever they call the crystal, um, you get that introduction, which I thought was going to be so interesting. But then you turn it around immediately in the same book. To go, oh yeah, it really means nothing because you can just make weapons out of it that can then defeat the shields that it built. I I love that. I love that. There because I hated that so much. Well, I I I I love it and I hate it because uh for me, I love the shield aspect because of course in Knights of the Old Republic, shields on characters were very famous. It was the only way you as a character holding a lightsaber would be able to like not be like <laughs> super OP and just slicing everybody down. So seeing the shields here, I thought that was very fun. And it goes full circle because in the very beginning of this book, we have a confrontation with the Huts and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And you learn about the black market of these crystals and shields and everything uh going basically to the huts and people that they're connected to and so i really love that but the idea that like hey we're gonna completely do a 180 on these crystals and make them completely useless because i don't want to get another nine to ten books about lightsabers not being badass anymore. Like, that would have been boring. Like, it just would have. No, but you could have had a little more discovery into, like, the the weapon creation of this false kyber to, like, be counteracted. Because, like, you just think about it, and, like, I think they've just missed opportunities because... And you haven't read this book, but Thrawn Alliances also gets into where um, the Separatists are making battle droids. Or no. No. There's a factory that is creating lightsaber-proof stormtrooper armor. Ah, uh, okay. okay. And so, like, when did Thrawn Alliances come out? I feel like it was a little before that. 2018. So July 24th, 2018. So you had like these really two cool like weapons that like make a whole lot of sense. But in Thrawn Alliances, the factory is blown up and Anakin never hears about 
I believe it was stormtrooper proof lightsaber armor. It might have been droids. Either way. But it was like your first inclination. I, I think it was the stormtrooper because it's your first inclination like, oh, who's making lightsaber proof stormtrooper armor? Like, what does this mean? And yeah. stuff. And like he and Thrawn and Padme blow the factory up so they don't have to worry about it. And then you get this one where it's like, okay, here's another potential lineup. And obviously you can't use these weapons in the movies because the movies have already come out. So it's like, what does it matter in the end scheme of things? But you could have built like a really cool trilogy about like, oh crap, we have this weapon. And I mean, there are eight years for Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon to like do research into the false Kyber and try to build something else. Like I, I I get the sentiment of being of I guess the satisfaction of them finally being like, oh, why don't we just use the crystal itself? You know, I guess yeah. that could have been something in this book, but it's totally done on accident. I think that's probably what you hate the most about it is just <laughs> happenstance. Like it's it's yeah. it's it's Claudia Gray's MacGuffin in the book. It really is. It's just like, oh, this very, you know, big thing that I made, like, could basically stop all Jedi. Well, actually, let's just, like, let's just throw it away. Boom. Look at that. Uh, Obi-Wan accidentally has the lightsaber of it. Yeah. But because of that, it ultimately makes it to where Obi-Wan's lightsaber is useless because even Obi-Wan is like, okay, I can't use this because I don't know how unstable this crystal is compared to my lightsaber and everything else that's, you know, a component within it. So he doesn't use it for the rest of the book. Travis said, I believe the Clone Wars episode with the Zilla Beast was the first time in canon where they hinted to lightsaber-proof tech with Palpatine taking interest to the Beast. Yes, I think that was the first canon mention as well, Travis. Because in Legends, you have this stuff called Cortosis, um, which was an ore that was used. Um, it's a big feature in the Hand of Thrawn duology. Um, okay. So, uh, and then I think, yeah, Clone Wars, that was like the first time. But yeah, I'm always really, and maybe that's why I like Legends so much. I love like different weapons. I, I find like the, the fascinating. And so just to like kind of pick it up and go, oh yeah, there's this thing. But oh yeah, it also means nothing. And just like throw it out. <laughs> I just like oh. I I mean, I thought it was a cool like visual thing if 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 I don't know if you're the type of reader that is able to visualize things, but like the idea of Obi-Wan just like turning on his lightsaber and it being orange, like that's pretty cool. Especially with, of course, the looming threat of this vision that uh, that uh, Qui Gon Jinn is having. Like he's so worried about what's going to happen during this treaty ceremony, and then Obi Wan being able to save himself, I think, was really, really cool. Um, but like going back to Rail Avaros, like we have this individual who is. Um, doesn't play by the rules with anything. You know, he was a individual, uh, a, a master uh, to somebody. He he did have an apprentice. He did have a Padawan that was killed um, by a droid with a, uh, a splicer dart, I believe is what they called it. Um, basically just was 
non-functional but could still have brain capacity before she died and uh she got to see her master just kind of run away and save everybody else while she died um and it was very traumatic and clearly very traumatic for him still within this book um because it still haunted him until the very end um and that's ultimately what kind of kept him from really seeing the princess for who she was um but i i like rail's story i really really do um it was very weird just like the way he was introduced with uh being in the bar like trying to like talk up this girl uh oh she has a big chest maybe she'll have some fun tonight like it was yeah. it was very odd um but also being the non-traditional jedi with you know threatening people with his lightsaber um because he was also in a position of power which was very weird um i thought that he was just like a bodyguard type of thing but because of the age of the princess and they're still being needing a ruler he was basically the ruler of a planet for eight years which is yep. wild Especially when you think about him being a Jedi. Like, the Jedi said, oh yeah, we hate power. But yes, we're going to send this guy, this Jedi Knight who has PTSD and all this other emotional crap probably. And he's going to become the ruler of this planet. Not only that, his master was Count Dooku. We're going to give him this position. Right, but Dooku at the time was not like... Because Dooku had only had left the Jedi Order for two years in, like, the main timeline of this book. Oh, that's true. That's true. He he hadn't left at that point when he, when Rail had gone uh, to that planet. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really, because even, like, Yoda and Qui-Gon talked about it a little bit, and, like, Yoda was kind of trying to explain, like, their reasoning, and he's like, well, we, we kind of messed up on this one. Mm-hmm. But I think that is it for the book. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think I gave this book out of five stars because of Goodreads. I gave this a 4.1. Um, I think that there was some pacing stuff and some other things. And, of course, my first initial reactions to the idea of this book and Padawan kind of being redundant to each other Um might go a little bit lower now that I know that is Phantom Menace, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 1.5. Um, but it's and remember, it's, Padawan and this are meant for different audiences because of the young. That is also very adult. true. That is also very, very true. Um, but I still had a very fun time reading this. Um, you know, the, the moments of Obi-Wan Kenobi connecting with the Force for the first time, as far as like in battle meditation and um with the uh i forgot what they were writing but it's basically the same beast that he is writing in uh, episode Varactyl. three the varactyls yes um i thought that was really really fun um and i will say claudia gray has a very fun sense of humor um where like there's moments where i was laughing out loud because of like the thoughts that Obi-Wan is having through like flying through uh, the ship and like screaming and yelling and stuff. I thought that was really, really fun. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's it's a great book. I I recommend it to anybody who is, of course, big into the Star Wars canon. Um, and it gives you a fun time with these prophecies, which is kind of one of the big staples that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I think I agree with pretty much everything you think, though the fact that this takes so many plot threads from the Phantom Menace, and y'all can hate me all you want, I hate the fan the Force Awakens. So it feels like such a retread of a new hope. So for me, this is in the exact same boat. This feels very much like a retread of the Phantom Menace. It's just not for me. Uh, the last thing Travis has, he said, one thing the book does, it shows both characters at opposite mindsets to that of episode one. Qui-Gon worried about the future. Obi-Wan fix it. Too fixated on the present situation. Yeah. And I do, I do like how Claudia kind of sh- has Obi-Wan share, like, oh yeah, I was such a rebel. And then they gave me to you. And like, cause Qui-Gon's like telling him like, oh yeah, you're such a rule follower. And he's like, I'm really not, I'm a rebel. And then they figure out like, oh, the council handed me to you because the only way to fix a rebel is to hand him to a rebel, which makes the Padawan rebel a rule follower in order to rebel. Yeah, I, I thought that was really, really fun. And they, they both have like this very epiphany moment. That's like, oh, that's exactly what they did. That's so clever. That's so smart. Um, and it was just a really fun moment. Yeah. But yeah, I think for me, this is probably like a three and a half, 3.25. Um, again, it's it's probably uh, the Fallen Star came out. The Fallen Star is super short. I would probably say Fallen Stars maybe below this, but like this is like second to last on my list of Cloudy Gray books. I still think she's super talented. 3.25 is still not a bad book to have um, on the list. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Clay, where can they find you? Of course, you can always find me at Fanboy Clay on Twitter, on any social media, really. Um, haven't had the time to stream, so not too worried about that right now. Um, when it comes to my other show, Ranger Alliance, the holidays are coming up. Uh, me and Joe are very, very busy, so we're going to hold off on our next episode until probably either the week after Christmas or starting in January. So Ranger Alliance will be making a return, just not yet. So December is kind of like our relaxing month. The week after Christmas is the start of January. So I I mean, you know, it's tomato tomato, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much, Travis. Travis has a great review. May the force of others be with you. Thanks. And Merry Christmas, Travis. Uh so and if you're listening to this, Merry Christmas, you guys. Um we are still planning on having an episode next week. Uh we will be talking about Jedi Academy number two, which is Dark Apprentice. Yes, Dark Apprentice. Yes, I always get them confused because I always want to say Dark Apprentice is third. Um, <laughs> and I think but, Champions yes. of the Force is third, right? That's the yes. title? Yes. Yes, so we will be talking about that one second week of January. Um, but yes, so next week, come find us for our review of the Legends book, um, Dark Apprentice. Uh, y'all, you can always find me on uh most social media platforms it is at slice of katie i'm going to be trying to use threads more because i'm just fed up with twitter at this point um i don't like some of the ads that i'm getting i can't block them i can't mute them i can't report them and get them to go away so 
yeah, we're just about done. <laughs> um, so yes, that is uh, where you can find me. This show you can find most of the time. It's on Twitter uh, at Star Wars Lands with the A in the Wars. Very important. Don't forget it. Um, the hotline for this show where you can text or leave us a voicemail. Just remember to leave us some way to address you. It is 830-538-4828. You can also email us uh, at StarWarsAlliance at gmail.com. There is no A in the Wars. Remember that. All our usernames. No A in the Wars. Um, because that's just the best way to do it. Is to have your username the same across all your platforms. Makes business cards really simple. Just kidding. We don't have a business card. Uh, but yes. Uh, thanks for a lively chat, uh, Travis. Andrew, I know you were here earlier. Um, I did say hi to you in the chat, but we had uh, some issues setting up the live stream. So we had the wrong time uh, for when it was supposed to start. So do apologize about that. But thanks for being here when you were. Um, and uh, yeah. I hope you guys have a great day or night, whatever time of day you are listening or watching, and we will see y'all next time. May the Force be with you.